0: This episode will be flush with autumn poetry. I have three poems here, and they're all ones that are prime for memorizing. They're favorites in this household. So pick one you like and memorize it. Even you, kids. Or maybe I should say even you, (laughs) grown-ups. Whether you think autumn is lovely or depressing or sublime, it will become more so when you have a poem to say to yourself about it. Do let me know if you have a poem that's in your mind at this time of year or a favorite autumn poem. I wanna hear it. First, I will read Wild Geese by Rachel Fields. Something told the wild geese it was time to go. Though the fields lay golden, something whispered snow. Leaves were green and stirring, Berries luster-glossed, but beneath warm feathers something cautioned frost. All the sagging orchards steamed with amber spice, but each wild breast stiffened at remembered ice. Something told the wild geese it was time to fly. Summer sun was on their wings, but winter in their cry. To me, this is a children's version of the Stanley Kunitz poem, End of Summer, I shared recently, but I don't don't mean lesser, and also this poem isn't just for children, and End of Summer isn't just for adults, so I don't mean that either. I think I mean a milder version of a very similar thing, which is a poem full of juicy, solid, earthy nouns like this. I see leaves, feathers, berries, frost, orchards, fields, snow. It could go on and on. But this one leaves out worms and bones, which the Stanley Cunitz poem had. But mixed in with those nouns is a certain je ne sais quoi about autumn. Something that's hard to put into words. And the planet's tilting on its axis and the shadows change. And there's that powerful, instinctual response of nature. And that sense, even while the world is currently mild and abundant, the sense of impending danger, somehow, that I smell in the autumn air. And doesn't that poem capture that beautifully? The next I have for you is one by Emily Dickinson. It's about the world changing her clothes at the turn of the season. A couple years ago, I had a five-year-old who was just starry-eyed over this poem, so no one's too young for Emily Dickinson. If you want to hear that kid say the poem, it's in episode 15. This is Emily Dickinson's number 32, titled the, by the first line, The morns Are Meeker Than They Were. The morns are meeker than they were. The nuts are getting brown. The berry's cheek is plumper, The rose is out of town. The maple wears a gayer scarf, The field a scarlet gown. Lest I should be old fashioned, I'll put a trinket on. Last but not least, I have a fun one by James Whitcomb Riley. It's called When the Frost is on the Pumpkin. So a few years ago, I walked out my back door on a snappy autumn morning and I saw frost on a pumpkin. And it brought back the first line of this poem, which I have not thought of in decades. And then I remembered some of the next line and the next. And because of the even rhyme scheme and meter of the poem, it was very easy to check my mental work as I dug around trying to remember how it went. But I was able over the course of my time outside to remember or figure out the whole first stanza, which is the part I'm going to read to you today. My mama might have had me memorize this long ago, but I think it actually might have been that she had my little brother and sister memorize it while I was doing independent study in the other room. And I think that's why I was able to so completely forget this poem so thoroughly for 20 years before that morning that I saw the frosty pumpkin and then exhumed this poem word by word from my memory. So I will read this as the last word today. The first stanza of Jane Whitcomb Riley's poem, When the Frost is on the Pumpkin. When the frost is on the pumpkin, and the fodder's in the shock, And you hear the cuck and gobble of the struttin' turkey cock, And the clackin' of the guineas, and the cluckin' of the hens, And the rooster's hallelujah as he tiptoes on the fence, Oh, it's then the times a feller is a feelin' at his best, With the risin' sun to greet him from a night of peaceful rest, as he leaves the house bareheaded and goes out to feed the stock when the frost is on the pumpkin and the fodder's in the shock. Part of my vision for this podcast was to have it be interactive. I pictured a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. If there's a poem that has done some action in your everyday life, surprised you, delighted you, or maybe just more quietly worked its way into your bones, you know I would love to hear about it. Email me at takethispoempodcast at gmail.com and let me know your story. Maybe you can join me in sharing it with others as well.